0: Hi, I'm Matt McClory lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, we're in the middle of a series, House Made Home. And um, gosh, it's been so good. One week in and I'm like thriving. I'm coming alive in this series because I love the house of God and I love family. I love my family and I love the family that God's given us here. And so I've just loved watching God bring his church alive across the last week. I loved watching the response at the end of the service when a lot of people just said, you know what, I'm going to like say I need a house today. And I'm going to surrender that part of my life and give my yes to God. Yes, I need a house, God. Um, and I really felt like there was a shift in the room. Did anybody else, anybody here? Like there was just something shifted. Um, and I really believe that God is doing something in his church right now where he's helping us get a healthy perspective of what the house of God looks like. And I'm really excited to watch that keep, to keep watching that unfold. So last week we talked about. Um, house made home, we need a house. And church is your spiritual home while you're, assi- while you're on assignment here on the earth. And so what's next this week is house made home, move in day. All right? Everybody loves to move. Don't, y'all are excited, aren't you? House made home, move in day. Let me pray for us. God, we love you so much. Um, I'm so excited about how you're going to reveal yourself to us like you always do, God, like you have been already this morning. God, would you soften our hearts, God? We open our hearts to you. Um, We want to hear from you. We want to grow this morning, God. We're ready. We're leaning in. And Father, we just love you. We love being in your house. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So personally i 've moved a lot in my life. Has anybody else moved like a lot? You fall into that category, done a lot of moving. I grew up here in St. Augustine, but i 've lived in the Panhandle of florida i 've lived in Missouri, in Tennessee in Sydney Australia, in Atlanta Georgia in New York um, and when we lived in Australia and we made the move back here in two thousand and thirteen. We were kind of figuring out where God would plant us and where we were supposed to be, where home was. And so over the course of maybe a little under three years, we moved about six times. Um, It's a lot of moving. (laughs) I got really over moving. (laughs) But I would like to think that on some level, I'm a non-excited professional uh, in how to move things and how to do it well. I have Pinterest boards on moving I've practiced a lot of different ways. We've moved countries and we've moved cities, and so we've done a lot of moving. And the thing is that it's amazing when you finally find a house that feels like a home. And something else that is amazing I found about moving and about having different homes, and even having a house that isn't ours that we rented. We rented homes until we moved here when we bought our first house. Well, we. That's not true. We owned a house in Sydney. But when we bought our first home, before that we had lived in a lot of rentals. And what I learned is that a rental can still be a home. So it was cool to me to think about how we're, we've been talking about a house made home and yet knowing as believers that this world is not our home. But we can actually find home here and treat it like a home even though this isn't our eternal resting place. This isn't the place that is the be-all, end-all. We can still have a home here, and God has actually intended for us to find home here. Um, So this is really exciting to talk about family and talk about home today, because I think God has a revelation for you this morning about what it looks like to live in family and to not just see the church as this organization that you come to on a Sunday, but actually as a place that you come and you have a home and you have a purpose in And you've got a place that you belong. And there's something here for you to be a part of and to invest your life into um, beyond just like a breezing through on a Sunday. Amen? God invented this. We didn't. It's his church. Um, And I just wanted to start by reading to us uh, the scripture that we began with last week, which is Ephesians 2. We'll start in verse 17. It says, and he came... And he preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows, into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So it's his. It's his household. It's built on his foundation with Jesus as the cornerstone. I love that we sang that song this morning, Christ Alone. Cornerstone, Everything is built on him. And then we sang, I will build my life upon a firm foundation. That's Jesus. That's the cornerstone. And so all of this is by him and it's for him. It's what Colossians says in chapter 1. Um, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So we know that when we look around and we see that God is building something and he has chosen to build his church and he has created family to set us in, that it all actually points back to him. And what's really cool to me is that the beauty of Jesus is that he makes things simple for us. And I know that there's a lot of different personalities in the room, and so some people are like, give me the deep, I want to like do a full exegesis on this one word before I go into Sunday, and I think that's amazing. I am simple, and I always have been simple, and I think, you know, for some people that's like offensive in a way, but for me it's beautiful because it can be very simple for me when Jesus reveals himself to me, and one of the most beautiful revelations of the gospel that I've seen is the simplicity of the, the fact that God sets us in family, And not only do we see it in his word, but we see it all around us and we're confronted with it day to day. And that's why all of creation and everything he created points back to him. Because it's like God planted and made reminders for us all around us all the time. And if we're willing to open our eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to show us, say, God, show me where you are. You'll start to look around in your every day and you'll be confronted by a God who loves you and who is just pointing you back to him just constantly pointing you back to him. And yes, you can study and you can go deep and you can find the richness and the fullness of the gospel and yes, that is important. But can I encourage you that in the simplicity of your day today, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what God looks like through everything that he created. And one of the incredible ways that he does that is through the family. So he loves family and he loves his church. And his church is a family. It's not a business. It's a family. Treat it like a business. It'll feel very clinical. Treat it like a family and you'll find richness and community and authenticity. He established his church to be that way. The kind of family that stays. And loves and invites the lost and the broken and the hurting and the lonely into. So. In light of the family, can we just be real authentic here today? (laughs) Okay, great. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, Right before the 9 o'clock service this morning, 8.55 approximately, I was in Maddie's office, and we were just having a little... Okay, this is the morning. There's like 80 babies being dedicated at the 9 a.m. Cool, great. I'm like, you're reading the names. <laughs> Called it. Um, yeah, and so he. We're just kind of going through everything. I'm not blaming this on you, babe. By the way, it's my own fault. Uh, I had my coffee sitting on my lap or my iPad, just getting ready. A little spill went on my finger. I was like, oh, careful. Um, And then a moment later, it was time to get up. And so I got up, and I had my coffee on my iPad, and there was just a tilt that happened. And then before I knew it, there was like literally half my cup of coffee just right on my pants, you know, right on the pants. In the place where you don't want coffee spilling on your pants, right before you have to get up on a platform in front of 400 people and tell people about Jesus. And so I was like okay okay is there any paper towels and was like a sporadic run for paper towels and there was napkins that were like about this big and probably like I don't know from the dollar store because they were thin you know you can tell like cheap like paper products because they're so thin you're like is it paper or is it like what is it so those were very absorbent. So then we kind of got a little paper towel action happening. I'm like, my they're literally soaking wet. My pants are soaking wet. It looks like I'm very nervous. Um, but here we go. <laughs> and that's just life for me. So I kind of laughed because I'm unsurprised by the fact that I spilled coffee on my pants right before church. Um, but what happened in that moment is I actually felt like God revealed something to me. Because I, in the first service, had my cardigan tied around my waist where, like, conveniently the arms just covered (laughs) the coffee. Um, But what I realized is our immediate reaction to mess is, like, Oh my gosh, cover it. What if people notice? Like, what if people see? I gotta get my jacket over, I gotta cover it. And, you know, our reaction usually to like just real life. That was just real life, right? Has anybody else ever spilled coffee on their pants? Please don't make me feel alone. Okay, great. So, like, mess happens and life happens. And sometimes it's at the most inconvenient moment. And, like, you can't find somebody who's your size to trade pants with that look right with your outfit. And so you just have to roll with what's happening. But that's life, and that's authentic community. Is actually just walking out and going, you know what, here's life. I got coffee on my pants, but God is still good, and I'm still gonna preach the word this morning because it's what he's called me to do. And it's not gonna distract me from what God has put on my life for today and what he wants to say to his church. And I just wanna encourage you this morning that if your life is messy, that's all right. God can still use you. And my life is pretty messy sometimes because like, I haven't figured all of it out. And anybody who tells you they have is lying because God is like working out his salvation in us our whole lives. So be encouraged. He wants to use you this morning, and he's invited you to be a part of the family. He doesn't just invite the people who are put together, you know, and like know how to do everything right and look like they've got their lives all figured out. No, because none of us do. Some of us have some parts figured out more than others, but that's why we're a family. And that's why he's put us all together, all different, all working through different stuff. Because if we allow him and we're honest enough to come in authentically, he can actually use us to bring his healing to each other. But when we act like we have it all together, all of a sudden nobody can be used to go, hey, I've been through this. Like, I've walked through this. Or, hey, you look like, is this something you're struggling with? Can I help you? I've actually been in the same place before. That's what family does. It's real. Real family's messy. Doesn't matter how awesome your family is. Real family gets messy. We're all up in each other's business. We say things we shouldn't sometimes, and then we figure it out. But real family stays Real family loves through it anyways, and real family gets to see what God can do with a bunch of broken people. So I want to talk about family this morning, but I just want to take a moment to read in scripture how God has established his church, and how God established family, and how he called us children and sons and daughters. So go with me. We're going to start in Matthew 16, verse 15. He said to them, but who do you say I am? This is Jesus. And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Jonah, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 1 Timothy Timothy 3, starting at verse 14, I hope to visit you soon, but just in case I'm delayed, I'm writing you this letter so you'll know how things ought to go in God's household, this God-alive church, bastion of truth. Here's where we hear God calling us sons and daughters. It says in 1 John 3, starting in verse 1, but friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And that's that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we'll see him. And in seeing him become like him, because that's what happens as children of the Father. And it says, all of us who look forward to his coming, stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model for our own. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us, Father, family. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. That's who we really are. It's who you really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. And this is what it says in John 1, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. God. And I could go on and on and on with scriptures that talk about the family of God, the household of God. Psalms talks about, let us go to the house of God. The house of God is where he is. We are where the house of God is because he dwells in us. But also, this is the house of God, a community of people. Hebrews tells us to not forsake the gathering together like this in community because this part is vital to us being the house and the children of God. So it's all throughout scripture We're no longer slaves, but we're sons and daughters, and I just wanna finish with this scripture. It says, I mean that the heir As long as he is a child is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In some way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under the law. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir through God that's Galatians 4 starting in verse 1 so we're sons and daughters we're children of God we're part of his family we're part of his house when we believe in Jesus and can I encourage you that if maybe you haven't made that step and you're not on that journey with Jesus yet that's okay you're invited to the house you're invited to be a part of the family you're, this is for you. All you have to do is say yes and receive him, and then you're in the family. And it's not the kind of like awkward greeting where we're like, "Oh, are we gonna are we gonna click?" Or it's like that cousin you meet after you know you've never met before, and you're cool with them right away because you're like, "We're family." And you're like, you don't have to worry about it if they're weird because you're still family anyway. So if they're weird, you're family. If They're not weird, you're family. So you just come on, we're family. That's what it's like to be a part of the family of God. So family shows up, family stays, and family moves in. So house made home, it's move-in day, my friends. So I wanted to share a couple ways that we can move into the house. Sound good? Okay, is everybody awake with me? Great, awesome. Who loves moving? (laughs) Anybody? No, nobody, nobody loves moving. But it's it's a necessity sometimes, right? Sometimes you got to move from one place to another place. And I think that's what God started last week in us. I need a house. So I want to help us today learn how to go. I do need a house. I need to be planted so I can flourish in the courts of God. So what does it look like? It looks like a move-in day. So here's a few ways that might help you move into the house. Number one, pack it up. If you're taking notes, write that down. Pack it up. So here's the thing. When you're ready to move, you get to find some boxes. Some of you go to Hobby Lobby and dig through the dumpster hoping that you might find a free box that doesn't have like a really weird part on the bottom that's been saturated by something like coffee. (laughs) And some of you go to Home Depot and find the nice, you know, section of fresh boxes. Those are great. How good does it feel to have a real sturdy, fresh box to put your things in? I feel like you can do anything with a sturdy, fresh box. But the thing is, is that we have to get some boxes so that we can begin to go through our things and load them up into our boxes. But the second part of that is you actually have to figure out as you go through your things, what's meant to go with you and what's actually just junk at the back of a cabinet that you don't use, or maybe brings back some bad memories. I don't know what it looks like for you, but we all have junk at the back of our cabinets. We actually, Maddie said last last week that we've had our house repiped, so we had to like take everything out from underneath the sink. And, you know, like if you're a girl, you have like basically a store like Ulta underneath your cabinet because just in case you run out of like one makeup, then that one might work like in a pinch. But you never use it because even when you are in a pinch, you're like, ew, that's gross. So old. But you leave it there just in case. You have like 20 shampoos that are almost empty because maybe you might need them. Um, You've got like your like filler uh, face washes so that when you can't buy your good one and you have to just like make it through till you can afford to get the good one again, you have like a half used bottle of kind of average face wash. So we had all of those things and as we started to pull everything out when I went to put it back, I was like, actually, I don't really need that one anymore and I don't need that, I need to give this stuff away because somebody could actually use this. And that's what happens is you begin to pack up things. And when you're moving into somewhere, you got to go through the process of figuring out these are things that are helping me in my life that I'm using every day. These are things that I need. These are things that have purpose. And those are things that are weighing me down. And if I'm bringing extra boxes of things that I don't actually need, it's just weighing me down into the moving process. And so what I think happens is sometimes we move from house house to house to house to house house and we're like, well, I didn't like this thing about this one. I don't like that thing about that one. They were a little loud. Um, I don't know. That Aussie guy's kind of interesting. I think he's good looking personally, you know, and we start blaming our moves on all of these other things and we don't realize that what's actually happened is we're just bringing a bunch of junk that's clouding our vision into all of the different places that we're going. And have you ever met somebody and you're like, it's not me, it's you. You know, because we just, we all have a little junk at the end of the day. And a healthy house will help you figure out what you don't need to bring in the doors. For your own good, right? Nothing wrong with having stuff you're dealing with. Nothing wrong with putting thing in the, things in the boxes that you're like, actually, this is, some, this is a big part of my world, and I need to figure out what to do with it. Bring that in and let community help you walk through it in a healthy way, right? But if you're just like, this is just bitterness. This is just like... Like leftover anger that I have from this thing, I think we have to get good as a, as the people of God and as a family of going. I'm going to move into this, but I'm not moving that with me because the devil gave me that. He gave me the shame. He gave me the anxiety. He put the label of depression on my life, and I'm actually going to step in and leave that behind me. It's not going in my box today. So move-in day means pack it up. Number two, move it along. You gotta move it along. You can have a big house full of packed boxes, but eventually they have to go somewhere. And um, you don't have to do that part alone. You don't have to do that part alone you got a lot of stuff to move in you're like yep i'm gonna call colonial church my home or i'm gonna call this church my home whatever it is for you this isn't about us as a house about colonial as a house this is about you finding a house that you're gonna be planted in so it will help you so what does it look like to get it moving out of the house into the place that god's called you to be planted it looks like calling up a friend and going hey i'm moving can you help me you got a truck? Anybody the guy with the truck that always gets called that's like I'm not going to answer. I think there was a commercial about that at one point. <laughs> but the thing is that as a family, we're going to answer. And you weren't meant to do it alone. Moving in is tricky. Moving in means you got to like maybe inconvenience somebody and then realize that they're happy to be inconvenienced if it means helping you get in the doors. If it means helping you lift your boxes if it means helping you figure out where you bring your stuff in the house when you get there. There's a lot of people here that would love to help you move in. And third, third point is unpack the stack. Have you ever been to somebody's house where there is like a box, boxes on boxes on boxes on boxes in the corner somewhere and you're like, oh, cool, did you guys just move here? And they're like, oh, you know, like a year ago. you're like, cool, cool cool. It's a lot of boxes over there. Like, just didn't quite make time packing, hey? Like, do you need that stuff or did you buy new stuff or what did that look like? But you don't say that because that would be awkward. But I probably would say that and then it would be awkward. (laughs) But you got to unpack. So when you get in the doors, when you get your stuff here, when you put your boxes down, here's what's amazing. You start unpacking and you're doing it with people. You're doing it with community. You know, and this is who I am this is a little part of me and like maybe, maybe people are helping you figure out like where that goes in the house because it's a new place for you. And like maybe people are going, oh, this is amazing. Like, like they, this person over here loves this too. You guys should totally talk. Like, Get connected, and the more that you come in and you unpack, like, this is who I am, this is what my life looks like, this is my mess, and this is my, like, I actually really love doing this stuff, and God is really working in me here, or maybe you're like, I don't know, I just got here. Just my first time unpacking a box or having a box, and here we are. Whatever it looks like for you, there's a way to unpack what God is doing in your life and to do it in community and to trust that God has placed you in a house where you're gonna be loved no matter what's in your box. And that's a real scary thing sometimes is going, this is what's in my box because it would be easier to leave that box packed in the corner because we don't want anybody to know about that box. Yeah, yeah, help me unpack all these, but maybe just leave that one for later. I'll just do that one on my own. But in family and community, we just help each other unpack all the boxes. And it might mean getting in a connect group for you, or it might mean, you know, showing up to sisterhood night, or it might mean reaching out an email going, hey, I'd like to get connected. I'm really nervous. I don't know how. And somebody reaching back out and saying, yeah, I totally get that. Hey, why don't we meet for coffee? And like, we'll get to know each other, and then I'll come with you to the next thing. You know, I don't know what it looks like for you, but I know that move-in day shouldn't be by yourself. And I know that whatever's in your box, God already knows, and he loves you anyways. And he actually wants to use all of the stuff in your boxes to help other people unpack their boxes. But he's going to start doing something, some healing and some restoration in you first. And that's all a part of this process. And it's his idea, the family. It's his idea. And um, I just wanted to share a quick story with you before I finish. I went to pick up my son, Um, Charlie at preschool the other day and it was near to the end of the day so a lot of the kids had gone home and there was like four of them left. And so his sweet teacher was sitting there reading the story of the three little pigs and they all had puppets. So there was like three pig puppets and then one wolf puppet. Charlie was one of the little pigs. He was so cute. Um, But as she read, she would get them to repeat the lines So they started at the straw house. I don't remember the order, of the twig house or whatever. They went from the straw house and the wolf came and he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house down. They all went, ah! And they ran to the next house, or that piggy ran into the next house and the twigs and the wolf came and he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house down and they, ah! Ran, they thought it was so awesome, ran to the next house that was built with bricks. And the wolf came and he huffed and he puffed and the house didn't blow down, Right. And I'm just standing in the corner, because I'm like, this is way too cute to interrupt. And they all stood there, and the wolf was, like, frustrated, and he said, again, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. And surely enough, the house didn't fall, and then they said, let's build a fire in the fireplace of the house, because the wolf was climbing up to the roof and wanted to come down the chimney. And as they lit the fire in the house, and the smoke started to go up, and the heat was rising the, the little wolf boy that was so cute was like, ah, because it burned his bottom, and then off he ran, <laughs> ran away. And, and I was watching, thinking, wow, isn't that how it is to build your life on a firm foundation? Because the enemy is out, and he's about like a roaring lion, but he has no teeth. And as long as we build our house on the foundation and we're in a healthy family and we find ourselves planted and rooted, then the wolf can come and huff and puff and try to blow the house down. But the word says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that God has built. (laughs) So you belong here. And whatever the enemy has told you was supposed to come with you, that doesn't reflect what God says about you actually just needs to be thrown out the door and laid down not that you might not have to walk out what it looks like to get healed and restored from that but I'm just saying don't put it in the box and bring it with you thanks for listening to that podcast we pray it blessed you